how Project 2025 could eviscerate climate action. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. There is increasing concern over the collapse of an ocean current that could cause disruptions to weather across the planet. The Atlantic Meridional Overturning Circulation, including the Gulf Stream off the U.S., covers thousands of miles, taking warm water from the equator to the Arctic. There, it cools and sinks, eventually returning south and coming toward the surface again. As a critical part of the global climate system, the circulation distributes heat around the Atlantic Ocean, regulating weather all over Earth, and also carrying nutrients that sustain marine life. A new study from the University of Denmark says that, assuming greenhouse gas emissions continue on pace, it is most likely this circulation could end around 2060, or, alarmingly, in about two years. Previously, the UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change has said that it is likely the pattern would weaken, but was unlikely to collapse. This new research contradicts that conclusion. According to NOAA, if the circulation continues to slow, rain belts in the tropics could shift, causing more drought in some places and more floods in others, and sea levels would rise along the U.S. east coast. Europe could cool by as much as 10 degrees Celsius. Some of the circulation's slowing may be caused by natural variations, but human-caused climate change is also to blame, mainly because of the melting Greenland ice sheet, which releases cold fresh water and destabilizes the current. It's called Project 2025, and one of its goals, starting on day one of a Republican presidency, is to completely eviscerate the policies put in place by the federal government to combat climate change. Conservatives have drafted a 920-page blueprint for any Republican who becomes president that would close renewable energy offices and stop the expansion of the electrical grid for wind and solar energy. The plan would give state officials more authority over regulating polluting industries, but would prevent them from adopting stronger car pollution standards similar to California's. Project 2025, which addresses all of government, would also cut funding for the EPA's Office for Environmental Justice and would turn the federal government toward fostering the fossil fuel industry instead of reining it in. One critic told Politico that Project 2025 wants to shift federal agencies from protecting public health and the environment to helping the industries they've been assigned to oversee. Phoenix has endured nearly a month with temperatures over 110 degrees. The streak looks to be finally coming to an end with long-awaited monsoons moving into the region. The storms can't come soon enough for residents, including the state's iconic saguaro cactus. The extreme heat has caused the plants, which can grow up to 40 feet tall, to lose arms, tilt to one side, or collapse entirely. It's partly to do with the lack of rain. The last measurable amount was in March, but researcher Tanya Hernandez at the Desert Botanical Garden told H2O Radio that prolonged heat can damage the saguaro's tissues and make it harder for the plant to recover once the monsoons do arrive. Saguaro can live up to 200 years, but ones living in cities like Phoenix might not reach that ripe old age due to the urban heat island effect where concrete and asphalt absorb and then emit heat, leading to temperatures about 2 to 5 degrees 
higher than natural areas. Hernandez and other scientists at the Botanical Garden are observing how saguaro in cities react to extreme heat as a predictor for how cacti in the wild will fare as the climate crisis deepens and temperatures climb. The saguaro's survival goes beyond cutting a unique silhouette on the landscape. They're also a keystone species that provides food and shelter for many desert birds and animals. And finally, wind power is a crucial component of transitioning away from fossil fuels. While the amount of the renewable energy is growing rapidly, there are detractors who say turbines are dangerous for birds. The Audubon Society says that in the big picture, climate change is a much larger threat to our winged friends, and the organization supports wind energy, provided it's done in a manner that minimizes harm to the animals. Enter artificial nesting structures. Big octagonal buildings 35 feet wide with outside ledges where a seabird called the black-legged kittiwake can build its nest free from predators and the rotating arms of wind turbines. The Danish wind developer Ørsted was required to build the artificial nests to compensate for potential impacts to the vulnerable kittiwake by its Hornsea 3 wind farm off the coast of England. The 25-foot-tall structures have been placed about a kilometer offshore from locations where kittiwake colonies are currently thriving and were developed in collaboration with a team of architects, engineers, and ecologists to replicate the cliffs where the birds naturally nest. The eight-sided layout gives kittiwakes options in case they find one side is too sunny or too windy. And as the birds settle in, researchers will be able to go inside the structure to observe them and count the number of occupied nests. The artificial nests will be fitted with decoys to encourage skeptical kittiwakes to move in just in time for the 2024 spring breeding season. That's it for this week in water. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>